شهد الله أنه لا إله إلا هو والملائكة والملائكة وأولو العلم قائما بالقسط لا إله إلا هو العزيز الحكيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين صلى الله وسلم وبارك على عبده ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ما بعد فبفور ستارت الليسن أبسلي أزو نو the new lockdown rules that's come to place that means that this looks like it's probably going to be the last lesson for a month for the next month inshallah um, but we'll update you inshallah if anyone's not in the WhatsApp group, uh, is everyone in the WhatsApp group? One of the WhatsApp groups that gets the messages. Um, um, yeah, that one. A Sunnah one or the N courses one. One and two WhatsApp groups. Okay, just message me. Have you guys got my number? No. You got my number. You got my number. Just one of the brothers give me my number, inshallah. Huh? Yes? Online. online, yeah, it will be online, inshallah. But we'll add you to the WhatsApp groups as well, just to thing. And the sisters, for the sisters, they have a a sister that has the WhatsApp group. Um, the sisters, they have a sister that has the WhatsApp group. Is just um, take the number from her, and inshallah, you'll be added to that WhatsApp group too, inshallah. Um, so that's about that. Anything else? That's it, huh? طيب باب الشفاعة باب الشفاعة بسم الله. <clears throat> Today's chapter is Al-Shafa'ah And Al-Shafa'ah is one of the biggest shubuhat One of the biggest doubts that are brought by the mushrikun In order to commit their shirk um, As I told you guys before The intercession in Al-Shafa'ah Is something that the mushrikun of the early generations That is the one of the reasons why they sought out worshipping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala they would worship other than Allah in order to seek shafa'ah from that person that they are worshipping besides Allah in order to seek intercession in front of Allah. So to understand this, we need to understand the concept of a shafa'ah properly. A shafa'ah is two types in the sharia. A shafa'ah is two types in the sharia. The first type of shafa'ah in the sharia is a shafa'ah which has been affirmed. It has been affirmed in the sharia. Yani Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has said there is this type of shafa'ah. And the second type Okay, let's define it first The first type is the shafa'ah which is affirmed Is the shafa'ah which happens By the permission of Allah Meaning The one who is interceding He intercedes By the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala As opposed to someone who goes To Allah azza wa Without his permission and intercedes without him uh, Having to ask Allah to intercede On his behalf the second one is, second condition is, or the second, second condition of the shafa'a is, and it is only, by, uh, in the intercession is only for the one who Allah is pleased with. Meaning, you can't intercede for anyone. You can't intercede for anyone you just want. Rather, it is whoever Allah wants you to intercede for. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ who is going to be able to intercede in front of him except by Illa bi idni, except by his permission. And in another 
Places wala yashfa'una illa liman yartada wa hum min khashyatihi mushfiqun. And they're not going to do shafa'a except for the one that Allah is pleased with. Except for the one that Allah is pleased with. Okay? The shafa'a, the second type of shafa'a is what? Shafa'a which has been negated. It has not been affirmed in the sharia. It has been negated. The shafa'a is not there. What type of shafa'a is that? That is the shafa'a that doesn't have the pleasure of Allah or the permission of Allah. Yani shafa'a that is done without the permission of Allah. Someone goes and intercedes in front of Allah to Allah for someone else without permission of Allah. And it is done for whoever Allah is pleased with. And the sorry, and the second thing is that it is so any the shafa'a which is negated is what the shafa'a that is done without the permission of Allah and that is the one that is done for someone who Allah is not pleased with. That's negated in the Quran. Okay. لا ولا يشفعون إلا لمن ارتضى من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذن these آيات okay when we understand these two شفاعات now now we have to understand the reality of الشفاعة what is شفاعة الشفاعة the definition of it is it is سؤال الشافع الله it is for the one who is interceding to ask Allah to remove some harm or to bring some good to that person it is for the one who is interceding. He comes in front of Allah and he asks Allah to remove harm for some, from someone, take him out of the hellfire and all of that stuff, or to bring about good, enter him into Jannah, raise his levels in Jannah and things like that. This is Shafa'ah. And the reality of a Shafa'ah when it comes to the Quran and the Sunnah and the one that is affirmed in the Sharia is not the same reality as the Shafa'ah intercession that is, happens in this world. The shafa'ah that happens in this world is not the same as the intercession that happens in the akhirah from many different angles. And the fact that the mushrikun got confused with these shafa'at, these types of uh, intercessions, it is what made them fall into shirk. How? The shafa'ah in this world, the shafa'ah in this world, it happens through a person having either a favor over the boss. So a person has a favor over the boss, so therefore he says what? Hook me up, give me something. You know what I'm saying? Or because he has some some type of love for this for this person that overcomes him. And the boss has some love over of, of this person towards this person, and it overcomes him. He takes it over him, so it makes him do what that person wants him to do. Okay. And either way, the person who's interceding has some sort of influence in front to that boss, right? To the one that he's interceding on his behalf, right? And I go to a boss. And I say, look man, my, my cousin, my brother, he wants a job, give him this job. I have some sort of influence in front of him, right? That's normal. That's natural in, in intercession, right? When you're interceding. The akhirah is not like that. Right? The akhirah is not like that. Secondly is that, the second thing about the safa in this dunya is that the intercession can be for someone that that, that boss might not be pleased with, might not necessarily like. But he's saying, because of you, I'm going to enter him into Jannah. Or because of you, I'm going to promote him. Because of you, I'm going to hire him. And that is some sort of influence over the boss. That's the second thing. The third thing is that it's not necessarily, it does not necessarily happen with the permission of the boss. What does the person do? He goes and he knocks on the door. He's already there. He goes in front of the boss without his permission. Then he asks him. Right? It's not necessarily with his permission. Right? And that is, again, it's not the same as the Akhirah. Okay, let's look at the Akhirah. In the Akhirah, what's the first thing that we mentioned about the, the one in the in dunya? He has some influence. 
in the shafa'ah is the, is the prophet do the prophets or the shuhada or the angels or those people who have intercession do they have any influence of Allah, over Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala no Allah was going to do it anyway he was going to do it anyway Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to they had no influence over him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was going to do it anyway the second thing is that what that he had permission or no that he interceded huh he could he interceded for everyone anyone right anyone he wants and the boss may not necessarily be pleased with that person. طيب الشفاعة in Allah in front of Allah سبحانه وتعالى. Allah says in the Quran, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was asked by Abu Huraira, من أسعد الناس بشفاعتك يوم القيامة. Who's the one who has the most right to your شفاعة or messenger of Allah on the day of judgment? Did he say the one who I am pleased with, who the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم pleased with, or the one the one who I like? No. It is what he said. من قال لا إله إلا الله خالصا من قلبه أو نفسه. The one who says لا إله إلا الله sincerely from his heart. So is that that is by? The one who only Allah is pleased with. And the evidence for that is what? Abu Talib radiallahu anhu. Oh, Abu Talib, astaghfirullah. He was not a Muslim. Not radiallahu anhu. He was not a Muslim. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa could not take him out of the hellfire. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa could not take him out of the hellfire. And even though he is an exception because he will be the lightest of punishment in front of the people on the, on the day of judgment. But despite that, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa could still not take him out of the hellfire. So this shafa'ah is now something else. The shafa'ah in the akhirah is not the same as this dunya. The reality of the shafa'ah in the akhirah is that it is from Allah and it ends with Allah. Allah says in the Quran, قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا Say to Allah belongs all of shafa'ah from the beginning to the end. The person, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, when he comes on the day of judgment, what's going to happen? Does he go in front of Allah straight away and he just does shafa'ah? No. He comes in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by his permission. And then he does sujood in front of Allah. He does sujood. فَيَفْتَحُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ مِنَ الْمَحَامِدِ He Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him and teaches him some ways of praising Allah in a way that he never knew in this dunya. لَا أُحْسِنُهَا الْآنِ He said, I don't, know, I don't know what I'm going to say in that time. There's some ways of praising Allah. And my teacher, I remember he always used to say this when I was younger. He used to say, subhanallah, these, these are ways of praising Allah that we don't even know. Imagine there's a way of praising Allah that we don't even know right now. The Prophet ﷺ never knew. So he'll be doing sujood and he'll be doing praise of Allah that, we, that he said, لا أحسنها الآن I don't know what I'm going to be saying now. I don't know it now. But I'm going to, he's going to teach me. Then is he, is he going to get up and intercede in front of Allah without... What's, what's Allah going to say? يا محمد ارفع رأسك أو محمد raise your head. وسأل تعطى Now ask. I've given you permission to ask. So ask. وشفع تشفع Not only is he, not only is he giving him permission, he's commanding him to ask. He's commanding him. وسأل تعطى وشفع تشفع and do shafa'ah intercede, I will give you intercession. He's commanded him to intercede and he's given him permission to intercede. The Prophet ﷺ, he did not intercede out of his own accord. He interceded with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala out of the command of Allah. Allah wanted him to intercede. Tayyib. That's the beginning. So the beginning doesn't, doesn't belong to the interceder. The beginning, does it belong to the interceder? Who does it belong to? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone as opposed to this dunya. And in the, and in the end is what? The ones who are taken out of the hellfire. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ya, ya uh, says to Allah, Ummati, Ummati, my Ummah, my Ummah. So who does the Prophet, does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, go take out whoever you want from the Ummah? La. He says, Akhrij man kana fi qalbi mithqalu dharratin min al-iman. Take out anyone who has iman. Anyone who said, La ilaha illallah. Anyone who used to pray. In another narration. Anyone who used to pray. So he doesn't have permission, he doesn't have permission to intercede in the beginning. He has to be commanded to intercede. And he doesn't have the power to take out whoever he wants and benefit whoever he wants. He only benefits who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala benefits. It allows them to benefit. What does that show? That shows that the shafa'ah is only by Allah, from Allah and to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala from the beginning to the end. لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا All of it. 
طيب so what's the benefit of it now? Why is the Prophet ﷺ being brought as a Shafi'i if, if it's just Allah doing all of this? We say the only reason why? Is to honor the Prophet ﷺ. Is to honor the one who's interceding. The one who's interceding on the Day of Judgment, they're not interceding because of a power that they have. They're interceding because Allah wants to honor them in front of everyone. That's the only reason why. Allah subhanahu and that's what we're going to see inshallah ta'ala at the end of this at the end of this chapter you understand that so this is the reality of shafa'ah why did the mushrikun fall into shirk when it comes to this chapter of shafa'ah they went to the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and they said ya rasulullah you have intercession you're going to intercede on the day of judgment do you agree or do you not agree we agree he has intercession on the day of judgment on the day of judgment but they assumed he owns this intercession therefore therefore they asked him for it they assumed that he owns this intercession, therefore they asked him for it. And this is why they became mushrikun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, وَيَعْبُدُونَ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ They worship besides Allah. مَا لَا يَضُرُّهُمْ وَلَا يَنْفَعُهُمْ Things that do not ben- harm them and do not, and do not benefit them. وَيَقُولُونَ And they say, what did they say? What's the, what's the, result, re- the reason for, for worshipping them besides Allah? وَيَقُولُونَ هَؤُلَاءِ شُفَعَاءُنَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ These are our interceders in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So they would worship them. Not because they want them themselves. They believe this person has a position in front of Allah. Therefore, he's closer to Allah. Therefore, if I ask him to ask Allah, I'm more likely to get what I'm going to get. They made intermediaries between them and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what, is, this is what the shirk of those mushrikun was. This is one of the types of shirk of the mushrikun. Do you guys understand that? Is that clear? That Mas'ala of shafa'ah? Is that clear? Hmm. وَقَوْلِ اللَّهِ عَزَّ وَجَلَّ Look at the evidence he brings. وَأَنذِرْ بِهِ الَّذِينَ يَخَافُونَ أَنْ يُحْشَرُوا إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمْ لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِيعٌ Warn them, those who fear the day of resurrection, the resurrection to their Lord. And warn them and tell them, لَيْسَ لَهُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ وَلِيٌّ وَلَا شَفِيعٌ They do not have anyone besides Allah as a wali, as a helper, the permission of Allah nor the pleasure of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى and Allah says in the Quran قُلْ لِلَّهِ الشَّفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا say to Allah belongs all of shafa'a وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى and Allah says look at that جَمِيعًا notice how if you guys study the Ajrumiyya what's from the Al-Fadh Tawqeed the words of Tawqeed نَفْسُهُ وَكُلُّهُ وَأَجْمَعِينَ جَمِيعًا جَمِيعًا one of the words of emphasis Say to Allah And notice how he puts Allah first Allah Azza wa Jalla He didn't say Shafa'ah belongs to Allah He says to Allah belongs Shafa'ah What's the difference? Exclusivity right? Just like You alone we worship When you put the When you put something first At the beginning of the sentence When it should have been in the middle So instead of even in English In English you say To you belongs intercession And intercession belongs to you There's a difference right? To you belongs intercession means what? To you alone, Allah says, "Qul lillahi for Allah is al-shafa'a all of intercession, al-shafa'a jami'an all of it." Emphasizes it in three different ways. Why? Because this is one of the biggest reasons why the mushrikun they fell into shirk. So Allah wanted to negate it and demolish the shubha that they have. There is no shafa'a for you. You are not going to be able to ask anyone for shafa'a. The only way you're going to get shafa'a is by your own actions. You say, "La ilaha illallah khalisan min qalbi." Say, "La ilaha illallah sincerely from your heart." قُلْ لِلَّهِ شَفَاعَةُ جَمِيعًا وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَى And Allah says مَنْ ذَا الَّذِي يَشْفَعُ عِنْدَهُ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِهِ In the ayah of Ayatul Kursi Ayatul Kursi is talking about is, one of, is, the big, is the best ayah in the Quran Is the greatest ayah in the Quran As the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam He taught us Right When he, when he asked Ubay ibn Ka'ab yeah, Do you know what, 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 what ayah is the ayat al-a'zam Do you know what ayah is the greatest ayah in the Quran The Prophet He said Allah wa Rasuluhu a'lam 
He said Allah and His Messenger knows best. So the Prophet asked him again, Do you know what? Because he wanted him to answer now. Because they used to say Allah and His Messenger knows best out of etiquette. They don't want to answer the question. So they would say, he said, Do you know what ayah is the, best, the greatest in the Quran? He said, Abu ibn Ka'ab, he said, Allahu la ilaha illa huwa al hayyul qayyum. This ayah, ayatul kursi. So the Prophet hit him on his chest and he said, Liyahnaka al ilm ya abul munzir. You have a good knowledge of this. Yani be happy with this knowledge that you have, O oh, Abu Munzir, away Ibn Ka'ab. Why, why is the Ayatul Kursi the greatest ayah in the Quran? Because the ayah of Tawheed of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in it, in the ayah of Tawheed, Allah says, Man indahu illa To show the greatness of this, this mas'ala of, of Shafa'a, how, how big this issue is. Who is going to be able to intercede in front of Allah illa except by the permission of Allah? Meaning no one. It's a, it's a rhetorical question. Intercession is only by the permission of Allah. وقوله وكم من ملك في السماوات لا تغني شفاعتهم شيئا إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله لمن يشاء ويرضى How many angels are there in the heavens? لا تغني شفاعتهم شيئا The intercession does not benefit anyone The, in, the intercession of the angels does not benefit لا, لا تغني شفاعتهم شيئا It doesn't benefit, benefit anything Except for what? إلا من بعد أن يأذن الله Except after Allah gives permission لمن يشاء For whoever Allah wills ويرضى And whoever Allah is pleased with the Shafa'ah is not for the Mushrikun. The Shafa'ah is not the one for, for the one who goes and worships the one in the grave and asks him for Shafa'ah. The Shafa'ah is for the one who worships Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. وَقَوْلِهِ تَعَالَىٰ نَرَسِ الْقُرْآنِ قُلِ دُعُوا الَّذِينَ زَعَمْتُمْ مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ وَمَا لَهُمْ فِيهِمَا مِن شِرْكٍ وَمَا لَهُمْ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ ظَهِيرٍ وَلَا it cuts the roots of shirk, the tree of shirk from its roots. It cuts off the tree of shirk from its roots. Why? It negates any type of way that a person can do shirk. How? Look what Allah says. Call upon those people who you call besides Allah and you claim they are gods besides Allah. Allah says about them. لَا يَمْلِكُونَ مِثْقَالَ ذَرَّةٍ فِي السَّمَاوَاتِ وَلَا فِي الْأَرْضِ they do not even own Mithqal the weight of an ant. These people who are calling on besides Allah, they do not even weigh the, own the weight of an ant. In the heavens, on the earth, anything, they don't own that. Right? Not only do they not own it, but number two, they don't even have a portion on, uh, in it. Meaning, they don't, they don't even have like a, a percentage of ownership. They don't have a partnership in front of Allah. Shirk, they don't have nothing. Yani they don't have anything, whether it be ownership. Or even a percentage of ownership. Not only that. وَمَا لَهُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ ظَهِيرٌ No other even... Okay, let someone say, okay, they don't, they don't, we know they don't own. And we know they don't even have a percentage of ownership. But they help Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in the, in the kingdom. So, مَا لَهُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ ظَهِيرٌ They don't even help Allah. طيب, okay, He doesn't help. They don't have any power. But they, Allah loves them. So therefore, they're going to intercede on our behalf. Allah says, وَلَا تَنْفَعُ الشَّفَاعَةُ عِنْدَهِ And even the shafa'ah is not even going to benefit them. They don't own anything. Anything that you can use to say that I'm going to do shirk with this person because either they own it. That would be a reason, right? But they don't own it. They own part of it. That would be a reason, right? They don't even own part of it. They, they, they help Allah. They don't even help Allah. And they own shafa'ah. They don't even own shafa'ah. None of it. So this ayah, they say, تَقْطَعُ شَجَرَةَ الشِّرْكِ مِنْ جُذُورِهَا It takes out, it cuts off the, the shirk from its roots. The roots of shirk. وَلَا تَنْفَعُ الشَّفَاعَةُ إِلَّا لِمَنْ أَذِنَ لَهُ Except for the one who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him permission. قَالَ أَبُوا الْعَبَّاسِ Who's Abu al-Abbas? Ibn Taymiyyah rahimahu Allah ta'ala. When the scholars of Aqeedah say Abu al-Abbas, they mean Ibn Taymiyyah. And what do the scholars of fiqh refer him as? Tahnabila? Shukr al-Islam. Hmm? Shukr al-Islam. Are you sure? Scholars of fiqh. 
what did you, if you humbly fix I'm talking about the Hanabila they refer him as Taqiyuddin Taqiyuddin they refer to him as Taqiyuddin as opposed to his grandfather Majduddin Majduddin Abu al-Barakat Ibn Taymiyyat al-Jad his grandfather was Majduddin the one who wrote Al-Muntaqa Min Akhbar al-Mustafa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he was one of the greatest scholars of the Hanabil him and Ibn Qudam al-Maqdisi the one who wrote the Mughni the Majduddin and Ibn Qudama they are literally they are seen as equals in the Hanbali Madhab then after that you see the grandfather of Ibn Taymiyyah the grandson and that is Abu Abbas Ibn Taymiyyah and between them is Abu Ibn Taymiyyah's father and they say that he was also a scholar and an alim but he was covered by the sun and the moon I mean his grandfather and his he was a star between the sun and the moon he was, his light was outshone by his grandfather and his grandson Ibn Taymiyyah al-Hafid Ibn Taymiyyah al-Jad grandfather and the grandson Abu al-Abbas Ibn Taymiyyah Qala Abu al-Abbas he says Nafa Allahu amma siwahu Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated every, uh, from anyone else kullama yata'allaqu bihi al-mushrikun anything that the mushrikun everything that the mushrikun they hold on to and in this ayah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala negated everything that they hold on to they hold on to they say these people are going to help us they own something no Allah negated all of it so he negated that there is any uh, ownership for anyone else. There's no ownership for anyone else. Or even a portion of, of, of ownership. And also the, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also negated that anyone even helps Allah. And nothing was left except for shafa'a intercession. And so he made it clear that it doesn't benefit anyone except for who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed. Brother, this place over there, if you want, inshallah. Okay? There is no one except for who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives permission to. He's the only one that's going to intercede. Kama qala ta'ala, like Allah says in the Quran, wala yashfa'una illa liman and no one's going to intercede except for who Allah is pleased with. This is the shafa'a that the mushrikun they think they can get. It is negated on the day of judgment. Kama nafaha al-Quran, like the Quran negated it. Wa akhbar al-Nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam annahu ya'ti fayasjudu li rabbihi wa yahmaduhu. And so Allah subhanahu, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he told us that he's going to go in front of Allah and he will do sujood in front of Allah and he will praise him. He is not going to be the one who starts off with the shafa'ah. Notice, notice here, huh? the Prophet is not going to be the one who comes and starts off the shafa'ah. He only does it after he is given permission by Allah and Allah commands him to do so. Then it will be said to him, Raise your head, O Muhammad. Speak, it will be heard. And ask, you will be given. And intercede, your intercession will be accepted. وقال أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه ابن تيمير كارد من سبيش يسأل أبو هريرة رضي الله عنه يسأل من أسعد الناس بشفاعتك who is the one who deserves your intercession on the day of judgment the most قال من قال لا إله إلا الله خالصا من قلبه whoever says لا إله إلا الله sincerely from his heart فتلك الشفاعة لأهل الإخلاص بإذن الله so this شفاعة this intercession is for the people of of توحيد of الإخلاص by the permission of Allah ولا تكون لمن أشرك بالله and it's not going to be for the ones who do shirk. What is the reality of the shafa'ah? If it's now the Prophet وسلم, or those people who intercede, they don't own it. What is the reality of it? The reality of it is. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is the one who He gives 
out of his own mercy, out of his own bounty to the people of Al-Ikhlas, of Tawheed. And so he forgives the people of Tawheed using the dua, through the means of the dua of those people who he gives permission to intercede. He, he gives him permission to intercede. Why though? Just to honor them. And so that he gains that, that level of al-maqam al-mahmood, that praiseworthy station, which is for the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So يعني, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given permission to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam just so he can be raised. فَالشَّفَاعَةُ الَّتِي نَفَاهَا الْقُرْآنِ مَا كَانَ فِيهَا شِرْكِ The shafa'a which is negated in the Qur'an is the one that has shirk in it. وَلِهَذَا أَثْبَتَ اللَّهِ أَثْبَتَ الشَّفَاعَةَ بِإِذْنِهِ فِي مَوَاضِعِ وَلِذَلِكَ If you find that shafa'a generally has been negated in the Qur'an but sometimes it's been affirmed in certain places in the Qur'an. وَقَدْ بَيَّنَا النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ And the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم told us أَنَّهَا لَا تَكُونُ إِلَّا لِأَهْلِ التَّوْحِيدِ وَالْإِخْلَاصِ That this shafa'ah is only for the people of Tawheed and the people of Ikhlas, the people of sincerity to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. انتهى كلامه That is the end of his speech. فيه مسائل Let's look at the مسائل of this chapter. الأولى تفسير الآيات The تفسير of these ayat that we mentioned. ثانية صفة الشفاعة المنفية The shafa'ah which has been negated. What is that? Hands up, hands up. No. The one that is done without the permission of Allah and Allah is not pleased with. طيب. الثالثة. صفة الشفاعة المثبتة. What is the shafa'a which has been affirmed? Right. The one that is by the pleasure of Allah and Allah, the one Allah, Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allows. طيب, I got a question. Who is Allah pleased with that for, for the shafa'a? Hmm? The people of Tawheed and Ikhlas, Ahsant. Tayyib. Abu Talib. Is he a person of Tawheed? The Prophet sallallahu said, إِنَّهُ فِي ضَحْضَاحٍ مِّنْ نَارٍ يَغْلِي بِهَا دِمَاغُ He's going to be on stones, on, on, on coals of, the, of fire. Because of these, his feet is going to be uh, on coals of fire, shoes of fire. Because of how hot it is, his brain is going to boil. And he said, he is the lightest person in terms of punishment on the day of judgment. Then he says, on the hellfire, sorry. Then he says, وَلَوْلَا أَنَا لَكَانَ فِي الدَّرْكِ الْأَسْفَلِ مِنْ النَّارِ If it wasn't for me, he would have been in the bottom pits of the hellfire. Does that mean that he gained shafa'ah from the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam even though he was a mushrik? No. Hmm. I asked you this question a long time ago. You say it's an exception to honor the Prophet. Ahsant. Abu Talib is an exception. He's the only exception and that is by the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Notice here how the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not intercede for Abu Talib uh, in terms of um, to bring him out of the hellfire. Notice here it was only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who decided it. Why? Because if it was because if, if it was through the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam only, he would have taken him out of the hellfire. But he couldn't even take him out of the hellfire. So notice how this is only the only an exception and even the exception is, can, is, is, is restricted. And if it was a reality, the shafa'ah, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam really owned it, then he would have took him out of the hellfire. But he didn't because he couldn't. Uh, what Ibrahim trying to see was He will try and will it be accepted? It will never be accepted, right? And um, even that, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade him. Do it in the dunya, right? He said, It was only for a small period of time. And then when he saw that he was an enemy of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I mean Ibrahim, he freed himself from, from him, right? وَغَفِرْ لِأَبِي إِنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الضَّالِينَ He said, oh, Allah forgive my father, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibited him from doing that. 
Yom Al Qiyamah, and then his, his father will turn into a, into a himar. I know, not himar, sorry, into a hyena. Yeah. And he will turn into a hyena. A humility, naam. So that is questioning, that is dua. And is it accepted? It's not accepted. That's why like the dua of the prophets on that day, Allahumma sallim sallim, they'll make dua. But it doesn't mean it's, it's intercession. That will be even accepted or even yani, correct to say it's intercession. It's not intercession. No, um, the Quran is intercession. Is that the same as the Prophet's intercession? Or is it because it's Allah's kalam? So is that, is that no, the Quran's intercession is the reward of the Quran. A lot of people are going to be interceders on the Day of Judgment. A shafa'ah on the Day of Judgment is not specific to the Prophet. Like the Prophet said that Allah is going to say on the Day of Judgment, the Prophets they interceded, and the righteous, the martyrs they interceded. And the right and the and the and the, 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 the angels they interceded interceded. And what the only thing that is left is the mercy of the most merciful, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to bring out people from the hellfire through that uh, through his mercy. So it's not only intercession of the Prophet. The the, the, the people who die in, in the battlefield in jihad, the shuhada, they're going to have intercession, right? They're going to seed for seventy of their family members, right? And the prophets they have intercession. But the Prophet ﷺ, his intercession are uh, some of them are, one of them is a specific type or some of them are specific types of intercession that are specific for the Prophet ﷺ. Does that answer your question? Kind of, I was asking more like in the Quran, is it the similar type of principle? It's the reward, you know, it's just the reward bringing you out from the hellfire. For example, a person used to do bad deeds, but he used to recite the Quran. The reward of the Quran is going to bring him out from the hellfire. Is that clear? Are you sure? But, you know. 70, is, it, is 70 as an infinite and again or is it 70 specific? Allahu Allah 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 so is it, is it with the By the permission of Allah. Allah. And pleasure of Allah. Yeah. So if Allah is not pleased with the person, the person cannot intercede. Person. Exactly. If Allah, so the shaheed cannot even intercede for his mushrik. By the way, when we say it's by the who Allah is pleased with, it means the people of Tawheed. It means the people of Tawheed. So if he dies as a, as a, as a, as a Muslim, then they can be interceded for on behalf, on behalf uh, of uh, that he can intercede on his behalf. And that will be by the permission of Allah because Allah gave permission for the one of the one who has intercession, Shafa'a, to intercede for the people of Tawheed. Tayyip? Exactly. Okay. Um, I was going to ask, he's going to a righteous person and asking Allah to forgive him. Can you ask Allah to forgive him? Is that seeking intercession? No. That is, if a person is alive and he's in front of you, then you're allowed to ask him to ask Allah to forgive you. But you can't ask him for Shafa'a. Shafa'a is different. Intercession is different. Asking Allah, to, asking Him to make du'a for you, is it's just specific. It's just du'a, and it's allowed. We have a hadith for that. But like um, it's narrated from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Said to Umar, even though it's a weak hadith, narrated to Tirmidhi, la ten sana min du'aik. Don't forget us in your du'a, right? And when the companions they will ask the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to make du'a for them, that's allowed. Asking for intercession though, is different. Understand? It's allowed. Hmm? Yeah, to waste a qarni and ask him to make to forgive him. No. Um, one of the questions I want to ask 
that's not shifa. Just asking Allah, yeah, specific dua. Allah, the Prophet Sallallahu was speaking to Allah and he asked him for to remove the prayers. It's not shifa. It's not considered to be shifa. It's a dua. Hmm. So if you were to go to someone alive Could you ask two questions? And if you were to go to someone, someone alive and, and you can ask them to make the alfi to, to forgive you Can you give an example where that could be Where it can change it to shifa? How would, would you ask them for shifa? No, it won't be, it won't be asked for shifa Even if the person was dead If you go to a person, if someone goes to a grave and says Ask Allah to forgive me That is not necessarily asking for shifa That is not necessarily asking for shifa Shifa is to say, give me shifa Intercede for me You understand? Intercede for me in front of Allah because that insinuates what that he has some power over in front of Allah and stuff like that. Asking him to ask Allah to make dua for you, then this is major shirk because the person cannot hear what you're saying. There is an opinion that says this is minor shirk, which is that if a person say you go to a person who you, and you believe he can hear people because there is an opinion amongst the Ahlul Sunnah that say a person in the grave can hear and say make dua for me, even though this is. Still major shirk according to the majority of Ahlul Sunnah. This one, no. This one is an opinion. Shaykh Ibn Uthaymin would say that it is minor shirk because they believe that he can hear. And he's not asking for shafa'i, it's asking him to ask Allah to forgive him. You understand? But the reason why it's a minor shirk is because it leads to shirk. Can you ask the person that needs to pray? Then if the person If you believe that The person Who never used to pray Believe they're Muslim Then they can't get interceded for And if you don't believe that Then they can't But There is a hadith of The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam When he said The angels They, they asked Take out from the hellfire Whoever used to Whoever used to pray And they say How would No take, take out from the hellfire Whoever used to have iman So they will look And they say, the angels will say How would we know them They would say By the signs of sujood On their forehead To show that the person Who has iman that's the one who used to pray And if he used to pray Therefore he had no iman So he will not be taken out of the hellfire That's one of the evidence To show that the ones Who don't pray are not Muslims According to that last, That was the last question What about the hypocrites? It's not real sujood marks We're not talking about real sujood marks These, these black marks on the forehead That's not what we're talking about We're talking about on the day of judgment It's going to be a bright light And it won't be burnt by the hellfire Tayyip the great shafa'ah Mentioning the greatest shafa'ah That is the praiseworthy platform What is the great shafa'ah? Al-shafa'at al-kubra What is it? What is it? Exactly For everyone This is the shafa'ah Which is the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam when the people on the Day of Judgment, all of the human beings from the beginning to the end, they will be on that plane, the planes of the Day of Judgment. And they'll be in a hard, in a hard, in, in a great hardship because the sun is very close to them. And they are, uh, they've been standing for thousands of years. They've been standing for thousands of years waiting for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come down and start the accountability. And so they'll go to Adam. And they'll say, Ya Adam, Allah tara ma nahnu fihi. Do you not see what we're in, our situation? And you're the one who Allah created with your hand. So do intercede in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Adam would say, I done this and that sin. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has become angry today in a way that he was never angry before and he will never be angry after. So you say, اذهب إلى غيري, اذهب إلى Go to someone else, go to Nuh. They say, Nafsi, Nafsi, myself, myself. They'll go to Nuh and they say the same. And they'll go to Ibrahim. 
and then they'll go to Musa and they'll go to Isa and then they'll go to the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he would say ana laha, ana laha. I am the one who's going to do it I'm going to do it so he's going to go فَآتِي لَا رَبِّي so I'll come to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and I will seek his permission he'll give me permission so I, I, I would do sujood in front of him I'll do sujood in front of him and then I'll, do, and I'll praise him in ways that uh, I don't know right now and so he'll be said raise your head and then ask and do intercede and so that is when the judgment will start between the people and the people from the, uh, this ummah will be taken out from the hellfire uh, by the shafa'ah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and he said and that is the maqam al-mahmood that is the praiseworthy platform la yanbaghi illa li rajulin wahidin and it is not befitting this, this, play, this praiseworthy platform is not befitting for anyone except for one man and then the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said wa arju an akuna huwa and I hope that I am going to be that one and he is that one and that's why Allah says in the Quran, Asa and Yabataka Rabuka Maqam and Mahmuda. Your Lord is going to raise you up to a praiseworthy platform. Meaning the praiseworthy platform. The, why is it called the praiseworthy platform? Because all of creation are going to praise him for it. All of creation on that day, they're going to praise the Prophet for his shafa'a that he done. Right? So that's the Maqam al Mahmud. It's the Maqam al Mahmud, right? The praiseworthy platform. Only for the Prophet. Al-Khamisah, Sifatu Mayafa. الخامس number five is صفة ما يفعله صلى الله عليه وسلم the way the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the way he's going to intercede how is it أنه لا يبدأ بالشفاعة he doesn't go and start start with intercession he gets the permission from Allah first بل يسجد he does sujud فإذا أذن له الشفاعة then when it is permitted permitted for him that's when he does the شفاعة he intercedes السادسة من أسعد الناس بها who is the one who deserves the شفاعة the most Whoever says La ilaha illallah. Al-Sabi'atu annaha la takunu liman ashraka billah. That this shafa'ah is not for the one who does shirk with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Thamina bayanu haqiqataha. Bayanu haqiqatiha. Saying, showing the clear, how clear, uh, the reality of the shafa'ah. And we, we mentioned all of that. Tayyib, babu qawlillahi ta'ala. Innaka la tahdi man ahbabt. In this ayah, Allah says, you do not guide who you will. This ayah, the reason it was revealed will be mentioned here in the next hadith. But the intention in this chapter is to what? هو خلوص ملك الشفاعة لله فلا يشاركه فيها أحد Is to show us, so the intention in this chapter, the author, the reason why he brought this chapter is to show us that the shafa'ah is only for Allah, to emphasize it more. The shafa'ah only belongs to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How does he emphasize it more in this chapter? By showing even the greatest of creation was not able to intercede without permission of Allah. So then, do you think anyone below him is going to be able to? No, of course not. Right? Well, ajib people go, to, go into the graves of awliya, the righteous people. Like Sheikh Abdul Qadir al-Jilani, Ahmed al-Badawi. And the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam seeking intercession for them. When they know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the only one or they, they, they can see in the Quran clearly that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says he's the only one who accepts this and or is, has the, or he owns the intercession طيب. he says the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one of the things that is, is made clear here or one of the reasons or one of the angles where the, from the shaykh, the, the shaykh comes from to show that the intercession is only for Allah is to show us here in this chapter that the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was not able in this dunya to guide his own uncle. So how is he going to now benefit someone else in the akhirah? In this dunya he wasn't able to guide his own uncle. So how is he going to benefit someone else in the akhirah? Now answer the question. Uh, 
لا 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 بس اجي مين الشيخ عبد العظيم البدوي؟ لا از تشايلد ان ايجيبت از بليس ان ايجيبت بعد البدوي از جريف لوف ايجيبشنز نو ايجيبشنز ان ايجيبت از جريف وير لوف بيبل ذي جو ذي سوت فور ذات مان از ديفرنت عبد العظيم البدوي حفظه الله ستيل الايف تري هيز ان ايجيبت تري بس فروم سيم نيم لايك سيوطي فروم سيتي كود السيوط في ايجيبت من دسوق فروم دسوق ثينك ذات different tribes different scholars Egypt has a lot of scholars they have different names like that طيب قوله تعالى انك لا تهدي من احد was revealed في الصحيح عن ابن المسيب عن ابيه قال فما ابن المسيب يدع سعيد بن المسيب right عن ابيه from his father قال لما حضرت ابا طالب الوفاه when ابو طالب the uncle of the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he was about to die جاءه رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم the messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم came to him وعنده عبد الله بن ابي اميه وابو جهل And with Abu Talib is Abdullah ibn Abi Umayyah and Abu Jahl. They're both there standing at his side. And look at the evil consequences of having evil friends. The evil consequences of having bad friends. Look what happened to Abu Talib. له, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said to him, Ya Am, oh my uncle, الله, الله, Just one word that if you say it, I will argue for you in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Just say, La ilaha illallah. Note who this person is. This is Abu, Abu Talib, the one who raised the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after his mother, father, and his grandfather, Abdul Muttalib, passed away. He raised him all the way to the age of 40. Or raised him all the way, all the way and he looked after him. And even at the time of prophethood, when he became a prophet, and the people of Mecca, they're going against him because of his power. Abu Talib had power because he was a, 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 a person of influence in society in the tribe of Quraysh. He was someone who protected the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from the harm of... of The, of the mushrikun Rather he would praise the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And he has poetry praising the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam And he would protect him He's the one who looked after him Even though the people that were against him And even and Abu Talib to the point that he got to the point to say وَلَقَدْ عَلِمْتُ أَنَّ دِينَ مُحَمَّدًا I know that the deen of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is خَيْرُ الْأَدْيَانِ عِنْدَ النَّاسِ It is the best religion in front of the people He said, that, he said that Abu Talib saying this He said I know the religion of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Lines of poetry So I know the, the religion of the Prophet ﷺ is the best religion. And he said, I'm ready in Islamia. He said that I am ready to for our, all of our halal, our, 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 um, our wives and our children to be sacrificed for this Prophet for, for Muhammad ﷺ. Well, Ajib, he still didn't become Muslim. It's the man that looked after the Prophet ﷺ in a way that no, not many people looked after the Prophet ﷺ, especially at that time when he was persecuted in Mecca. So he came to him at his deathbed. Imagine this. this. The one that looked after him from a young age. How much love he had for him. Not only that he looked after him and he gave him victory. After the, when, when the rest of the people, they rejected him. So imagine how much love he, love he has for this man. He says, Ya Am, oh my uncle. Say La ilaha illallah. Just say La ilaha illallah. Kalimatan uhaju laka biha Allah. One word that in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, I'm going to make an argument for you. He wants to save him from the hellfire. Faqala lah. And so Abdullah ibn Abi Umayyah and Abu Jahl, they said to him, Abu Talib أترغب عن ملة عبد المطلب Are you going to turn away from the religion of your of Abdul Muttalib, your father? Abdul Muttalib was the person again. It was it was it was the leader of Quraysh at the time when he was alive. Abdul Muttalib is to show him what this tribe, this 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 disease of tribalism, this disease disease of following your forefathers was amongst them. So they would say, Are you going to turn away from the religion of Abdul Muttalib? 
وسلم, the Prophet وسلم, repeated to him فأعادا, and so they repeated again are you going to turn away from the religion of Ibn Talib and so the last thing that he said is he is upon the religion of Abdul Muttalib يعني, in some narrations Al-Hakim narrated it is not هو, it is Abdul Muttalib I am upon the religion of Abdul Muttalib and he died upon that وأبا أن يقول لا إله إلا الله and he refused to say لا إله إلا الله فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم even the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم look at this it's the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and the reason why we're bringing this is to remind you the strength of Allah and the weakness of the creation even if it be the best of creation صلى الله عليه وسلم he said لأستغفرن لك ما لم أنه عنك I'm going to constantly ask Allah to forgive you as long as I'm not prohibited from doing it imagine the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم now you wonder يعني you wonder you're amazed like how how can a man hear this hadith from the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and still now go to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم to ask him for something in his grave do you think that he can benefit you in any way how can you go to any man and ask him for something in his grave the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم is, is deeply sad he wants his uncle to go to, to, to Jannah do you think he can't do you think he's going get, to get you to Jannah couldn't get his uncle to Jannah I'm going to ask Allah to forgive you as long as I'm not prohibited from doying so. So Allah revealed, prohibiting the Prophet saying, It is not befitting for the, for the Prophet, nor the believers, to ask Allah to forgive the mushrikun, even if they're close family. وَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ فِي أَبِي طَالِبِ And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed about Abu Talib إِنَّكَ لَا تَهْدِي مَنْ أَحْبَبْتَ وَلَكِنَّ اللَّهِ يَهْدِي مَنْ يَشَاءَ You, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you do not guide who you love, but Allah guides whoever He wants. And that shows the greatness of Allah. The power is in Allah. If you want something, إِذَا سَأَلْتَ فَاسْأَلِ اللَّهِ When you ask, ask, for Allah, ask from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَإِذَا اسْتَعَنْتَ فَاسْتَعِنْ بِاللَّهِ When you seek help, seek help from Allah. He is the one who's going to be able to help you. Right? If, if, if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala touches you with hardship, no one's going to take it off from you except for him. So who in their sane mind hears these ayat, this clear-cut Quran, still goes to graves, still goes to an idol and worships other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Wallahu al-musta'an. Fee-masail. ثانية تفسير قوله تعالى ما كان للنبي is not befitting for a prophet والذين آمنوا and those who believe أن يستغفروا للمشركين to make استغفار for the مشركين ولو كانوا أولي قربا even if they are close family من بعد ما تبين لهم أنهم أصحاب الجحيم after it has been made clear to them that they are going to be in the hellfire الثالثة وهي المسألة الكبيرة تفسير لا إله إلا الله this is the big مسألة which is the, 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 the تفسير the explanation of لا إله إلا الله بخلاف ما عليه من يدعي العلم as opposed to those who claim to have knowledge. Note here that the shirk of the mushrikun of Quraysh was that the fact that they used to seek intercession, intercession besides, uh, from someone besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they understood that la ilaha illallah goes against that. But today, people they say la ilaha illallah and they do exactly what they do. So look what the author he says here after that. He said, Rabia, and Aba Jahlin, Wamamaha, who Yarifuna, Murad and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Kale Rajul Kulla Hilallah. Abu Jahl and the one who's with him, they know what the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam meant when he said, Say La ilaha Hilallah. They know what he meant. Because they mentioned in the Quran, Ajahl and Aliha to Ilaha Wahida. You're going to make all of these things that we worship, one, one Lord that we worship. So they understood La ilaha Hilallah, it means that we can't worship anyone other than Allah. 
And Abu Jahl understood that. So he says, فَقَبَّحَ اللَّهُ مَنْ أَبُوْ جَهْلٍ أَعْلَمُ مِنْهُ بِأَصْلِ الْإِسْلَامِ So may Allah disgrace the one who Abu Jahl knows the religion of Islam better than him. And Abu Jahl knows the meaning of لا إله إلا الله. And he rejects it. But this person, he doesn't know, he claims to be upon لا إله إلا الله and goes against it in his actions. So may be destroyed the one who Abu Jahl is more knowledgeable of Islam than that person. الخامسة جده صلى الله عليه وسلم مبالغته في إسلام عمه how hard and how eager the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم was for his uncle to be a Muslim but he didn't work out السادسة الرد على من زعم على من زعم إسلام عبد المطلب وأسلافه and there's a refutation of those who claim that Abu عبد المطلب was a Muslim and those who came before him السابعة كونه صلى الله عليه وسلم استغفر له فلم يغفر له بل نهي عن ذلك that the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم he asked Allah to forgive him and he still was not forgiven. Rather, he was prohibited from asking for forgiveness. الإنسان, the evilness, how evil it is to have evil friends. And this person, Abu Talib, in the hellfire forever, forever, because of two evil friends. It's the evil, the evil end of having an evil friend. They will make you or break you, and it's just one moment. Brothers and sisters, life is one moment. And he can turn in one moment and it will be the end of you. And he can turn in one moment and it will be the making of you. person can one day, and he's going out, he says, tomorrow I'm going to change, tomorrow I'm going to stop doing this haram stuff. He goes out, he's doing something haram, he gets into a car crash and he dies and that's the end. No opportunity left. His life is on, is, is finished. The next thing that he's going to know is Yawm Al-Qiyamah. That's the next thing that he's going to know. It's going to be in his grave for a small period of time. You're going to grave, you're going to visit the graveyards. You're going to be in there for a small period of time. And the next thing you know is the day of judgment. How many people do we see? They say they're about to change. They're about to do this. They're about to stop doing that. But it's too late. They, they go into a car crash. They went outside thinking that today, alhamdulillah, it's a nice day. And they didn't know that that was the last day that they're going to step out of their, their house. And that's for every single person it could be. No one's safe. No one can say that, yeah, I'm going to... I've got some time This one friend that you have Can be the ruin of you forever Can be the reason that you're going to be ruined Forever and ever In the hellfire forever So be wary of evil friends Be wary of having bad companions That life is short Your life can change in one moment How many people died at the age of 20 How many people died at the age of 25 How many people died at the age of 15 They thought they had a long life Their life was finished then and then how many people they thought that they were going to live and they were going to change later on when they got older but they didn't have the opportunity to change. Al-Hasan al-Basri, he would go to the graveyard after a burial. And the people, they will finish burying that person. And they would say, what would you do if you were in that place of that person? You were in the grave. You were in the grave. The angels, they came to you and they're punishing you. And you're asking, Rabbi Raji'oon, oh Allah, return me one more time. And then you were returned. Allah returned you. Live your life as if you were returned. Live your life as if you asked Allah to give, send you back and then you were sent back. How are you going to be? You're not going to be the same, right? You were just sent back. You saw the punishment. The one who reads the Quran is as if you've seen the punishment. The one who hears the punishment of the Sunnah is as if you hear it and see it with your own eyes. When you come back from that, when you come back from that grave, you just came back from Imagine this the rest of your life is you coming back from that grave and you're here living this life after you've seen the punishment. Are you going to be sane? Is someone sane if he goes back to that evil that he was, he was doing before? Of course not. So be careful. Be careful of this, of this, of this small life. This life that's going to end very quickly. 
and it can make you, it can, it can break you, it can completely turn your one thing, one friend, one friend, one day of haram can be that last day. So be careful of that. How evil and how hard it is I mean how evil it is to, For a person to Venerate those people who came before them and their elders What does that mean? It doesn't mean that you don't respect and venerate elders It means that you respect them in a way That In a haram way Which is to follow them in everything that they do Even if it goes to the Quran and the Sunnah That's what the author means It doesn't mean that we shouldn't respect our elders And those people who come before us Rather we should what he means is to follow them in everything and anything, even if it's wrong, even if it goes against the Quran and Sunnah. Al Ashirah, a shubha to Lil Mubtilina Fidalik, a listidilali abijahli bidal, a listidilali abijahlin bidalik. That this is a refutation of those who use this. A lot of the people who do shirk today, they use this as evidence. They say, Our fathers used to do it. Abu Jahl used the same evidence. Al Hadiyah to Ashirah. الحادية عشرة الشاهد لكون الأعمال بالخواتيم لأنه لو قالها لنفعته the evidence to show that your actions are according to your last actions because if Abu Talib he said لا إله إلا الله would have benefited him it would have right it would have benefited him therefore the last action that he done even if though he lived his whole life as a mushrik but if he said لا إله إلا الله at the time it would have benefited him الثانية عشرة number twelve is التأمل في في كبر هذه الشبهة في قلوب الضالين لأن في القصة أنهم لم لم يجادلوه إلا بها مع مبالغته صلى الله عليه وسلم وتكريره فلأجل عظمتها ووضوحها عندهم اقتصروا عليها سبحان الله how think about how strong this شبهة must be يعني when you hear someone saying our fathers used to do it do you think there's something small with him that's something big that's in his heart the fact that his father used to do it on his his his, his, his forefathers and the generation before them used to do that it's not something small in that person's heart that's something huge. How Abu Jahl, he didn't even have to argue. He just said, your fathers used to do it. And he stayed upon shirk because of that. Do you think, so when we're, when we're dealing with people who are doing that, don't think that these people are just, they're just doing it out of being يعني, stupid. يعني, they're, just, they're not very smart people. No, they might be smart people, but this shubha is a huge shubha. Why? Because they're thinking, why would my father do it if it's wrong? Why? You understand? It's something that's not easy to digest that it's wrong. So you have to be smart and uh, or, يعني, you have to be soft. Imagine that one shubha was the reason why Abu Talib, the Prophet was begging him. They just said, You're going to leave Abu Talib's religion? And he still stayed upon that. That shows how heavy this doubt is. In this chapter, is talking about that the reason of the disbelief of the children of Adam and the reason why they left their religion was Al Gulu of Salihin. Going overboard with regards to the righteous people. Is to go overboard with regards to the righteous people. Why? Because the righteous person, he has a position in front of Allah. Allah he, has, he's, he's, he has a position. He's someone that is seen to be closer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And because of that, some people they go overboard in terms of respecting them to the point that he gets the shirk. وقول الله تعالى الله سبحانه وتعالى says in the Quran يا أهل الكتاب لا تغلو في دينكم O people of the book do not go overboard in your religion لا تغلو في دينكم do not go overboard in extremes in your religion 
وفي الصحيح عن ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما ان ابن عباس رضي الله عنهما he narrated what he means by this Not, he said that the reason why that Banu Adam the children of Adam they became disbelievers is because of their uh, the fact that they went overboard with, with, with regards to the righteous people so Ibn Abbas is going to explain that what does that mean في قوله تعالى when Allah says وقالوا لا تذرن آلهتكم ولا تذرن ودا ولا سواعا ولا يغوث ويعوق ونسرا they said do not leave off your, your gods and do not leave ود وسواع ويغوث ويعوق ونسر these are five different idols what's the story of these people um, قال, he said Ibn Abbas he said هذه أسماء رجال صالحين من قوم نوح these are the names of righteous people at the time of Nuh the names of righteous people at the time of Nuh at the time of Nuh these people they were considered to be righteous فلما هلكوا when they died أوحى الشيطان إلى قومهم الشيطان he whispered and he told the people أوحى الشيطان إلى قومهم أن ينصبوا إلى مجالسهم التي كانوا يجلسون فيها أنصابا They said that while now these people have died make the places that they used to sit make it a symbol for you, for you guys and these righteous people they used to sit and so what they would do after they died is they wanted to remember them in order to when they see them and remember them they, they themselves will become righteous right you go, you, you go to the, for example, and in some narrations, you go at the grave, at the grave of them. So imagine you put something at their grave, and whenever your iman is feeling low, that's what they think, huh? that's what the shaitan told them. Whenever the iman is feeling low, go to that grave, you see them, and you remind yourself of Allah, and you do good. That's, that's what shaitan told them to do. Majalisum, asma'ihim, and name these. These things that you put there, a rock, imagine a rock or a statue. Name them by their names. So this name is Nuwad and Suwa'a Give them all these names. Fafa'alu, so they done this. They did do shirk yet. They still didn't do shirk, right? They didn't worship besides Allah. Until those people, that generation now they died. And knowledge was forgotten. Then they were worshipped. After that they were worshipped. Notice here a few things. Shaitan, he didn't tell them go worship them straight away. He led them on to doing these things. And the thing that they were, lead, that they were led, led on to was something that was good. Or in, their, in their minds, it seemed to be good. It has a good effect. It had a good effect. Right? And that is the reason why they fell into shirk. So today, when, a, when, the prophet, when, we, when we find in our sharia, we were prohibited from building upon the graves. It was for what reason? To stop the shirk from the beginning, before it even starts. Right? And the second thing is, he said, When knowledge was forgotten. How was knowledge forgotten? When the people, they stopped teaching. When the people, they stopped teaching about the things that are needed. And this is why I repeat constantly, and I really try to reiterate, this, 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 this point which is that those people who say why are you constantly teaching Tawheed and they mock people because they're saying you only go through Kitab Tawheed and Usul Al-Thalatha constantly don't ever let those people go get into your head Abadan because this is why Tawheed was forgotten when the people they stop teaching this Tawheed they say you need to do something bigger for this Ummah you need to go and establish Khilafah you need to go and establish Jihad you need to go and establish this and that all of these kind of things which are good in the deen, they might be good in the deen, yes. 
And some people might even mention things that are not even good in the deen. They say, stop teaching these books because we have bigger issues. We have political issues to go through. Our Muslims are being oppressed and this and that. And so why are you guys still teaching Tawheed? This is why the Muslims became weak in the first place. It's because the knowledge of Tawheed was forgotten. When the knowledge of Tawheed was forgotten, this is when the people were worshipped. Tayyib, if someone comes and says, you taught the people Tawheed is enough. If I accept that. And then 10 years later and 20 years later, someone else accepts that. And then 30 years later and 40 years later, everyone accepts that. What's going to happen? You're going to have a new generation of people. And we assume they knew Tawheed. We assume they already knew Tawheed, right? العلم, and knowledge is going to be forgotten. And that's why the other people, these people, they will be worshipped. Besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, they will start worshipping graves. So repeating and repeating Tawheed is the way not only of the Qur'an. It's the way of the Qur'an and the Sunnah. The Salaf of this Ummah and the scholars of Al-Islam. In the past and in the present. is never ever stopped. That you find that the Qur'an, when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa in every single ayah is reminded of Tawheed. In Al-Madina, when he comes to Al-Madina after calling to Tawheed for 13 years, Allah reveals the ayah to him, what? فَاعْلَمْ أَنَّهُ لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ Remember there is nothing worthy of worship except for Allah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa is on his deathbed. He's getting water and he's putting it on his face because of how hot, how hot, how hot he is. The, 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 the fever that he has. How hot his, his body is. And he's putting it on his face. And he's uncovering his face sometimes and he's saying what? Is he saying, go and distribute this wealth? Go and, he's saying, he, uh, is uncovering his face and he's saying, لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَلَى الْيَهُودِ وَالنَّصَارَى اتَّخَذُوا قُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مَسَاجِدِ May the curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians. Why? Because they took the, 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 the graves of their prophets as masajid, as places to worship. Reminding of Tawheed until he dies. When the Prophet Yusuf والسلام, goes into the prison, what's his, what's his first thing that he says? أَأَرْبَابٌ مُتَفَرِّقُونَ خَيْرٌ أَمِ اللَّهُ الْوَاحِدُ الْقَهَارُ is, it, is one Lord or are, are multiple gods better or is one Lord better? Calling to Tawheed, the first thing that he comes to call is Tawheed. When Ibrahim he comes to his people, what was the first thing that he called to? Was Tawheed, he said to his people, مَا هَذِي الْأَسْنَامُ الَّتِي أَنْتُمْ لَهَا عَاكِفُونَ What are these uh, idols that you guys are worshipping? Calling to Tawheed in every single moment. That's the way of the Quran. It's the way of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the scholars of Islam. You find in, in the previous generation, especially you find the students of Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab and his students and the students of his students until today, that the people they would they would literally listen, they would they would um, the, the awam, the general masses, they would memorize Surah Thalaf and they would repeat it in the morning and in the evening, every day after Fajr and after Isha they would repeat it again and again and again, to the point I mentioned to you guys, Sheikh Mubaz he taught Thalaf to Rasulullah Dilata in Al Madina three hundred times. He taught it in, in, when he was in Kharaj, I think in Medina al Kharaj, when he was a judge there and outside of Riyadh, 150 times in, in, those, in, the, in those years that he was there. In Medina, 300 times. To repeat Tawheed, to repeat it, not only for you to get the information, because a lot of people they took ilm, they took knowledge, it's just information. That's why they have this idea of just leave Tawheed, because you learned it once, it's enough. They took it as just information, and they forgot that it's something that needs to be in your heart, present in your heart. Because it affects the way you worship Allah. It affects the way how much you fear Allah. The more you know Allah, the more you're going to fear Allah. That's what Tawheed is. So he says, When knowledge was forgotten, that's when they were worshipped beside Allah. So don't ever, ever, ever stop teaching Tawheed to your family. Don't ever leave it. Because it's the asr of the religion, the foundation of the religion. And don't let those people deceive you about saying that Nahu and Sarf and this and that. And they speak to they memorize the poetry of Jahiliyyah and haven't even memorized the basics of the Quran and the Sunnah. They know Al-Fiyat ibn Malik. But they don't know the basic of the Quran and Tawheed. Right? This is something that you need to... It's, it's a fitna today. It's a huge fitna today. Because knowledge... And you're going to understand it. Especially when you mix more with more students of knowledge. 
or people who claim to be students of knowledge, when you're going to understand it and you're going to see them, that these people, they're making, the, the knowledge that they, 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 they're gaining is, 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 is literally, is, yeah, and it's just, information is, is, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, no, not irrelevant. It's, it's, it's superficial. It's superficial knowledge. It's superficial. It's not. It's not knowledge that's literally. It's just. It's just speech for them. It's not something that affects their heart. It needs something. It needs something. That, not all of them. Some people. It's gonna affect their heart. It, it, the knowledge needs to be something that affects your heart. Can't just be yes. I'm gonna go to do this. I'm going to learn a fiqh Malik. I'm going to learn Usul al Fiqh. I know what Sheikh so and so said about this. This masala. I memorized the Sibawi's books. Book you wanna quote, quote books that no one's ever ever heard of just to show off your knowledge. But in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what's that going to be? It's going to be nothing. It's not going to benefit in front of Allah. On the day of judgment, the first three people who are going to be thrown in the hellfire is who? The, the one who sought knowledge. It will be said to him, why did you seek knowledge? He would say, I sought, I sought it for your sake, O oh Allah. So the angels will say, kathab to you have lied. Allah will say, kathab to you have lied. You sought it so the people can say you're knowledgeable. وَقَدْ قِيلَ And he was said, take him face, first face in the hellfire. Abu Huraira, when he said this hadith, he fainted three times before he, before he could even say the hadith. Fainted three times before he could even, even say the hadith. That Abu Huraira, the one, the, the muhaddith of the, of the Sahaba, learning about knowledge. That's what the, 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 the poet says. The scholar who does not act by his knowledge, that's the person who's going to be punished before the people even worship the idols, because they're going to be the first people who are going to be thrown into the hellfire. Naam. So you mentioned how the people that when they erected statues and they were still allowed, they didn't commit a sin, they didn't commit shirk. Then, mm. in, is it impermissible for us because it's a part of the shirk? Yeah, yeah. Example? because it's part of the shirk, it's not allowed. No. So you can't have a hand someone like righteous on the wall. No one, yeah, it's not allowed. That's why pictures and statues are haram in this ummah. It's haram in this ummah because it leads to shirk. I'm going to come to that. Qal ibn al-Qayyim said, Qal min as-salaf. When they, Ibn Qayyim said, many of the Salaf, they said, when they died, these righteous people, they died, they would stay at their graves. Then they made their statues. So look, look, look how it started off. They started off by going to the graves to remind themselves of Allah. Then they would make the statues to remind themselves of those people even more. Then a long time passed on. And knowledge was forgotten, and so they worshipped them besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وعن عمر رضي الله عنه أن رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم said, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, لا تطروني كما أطرت النصارى ابن مريم إنما أنا عبد فقولوا عبد الله ورسوله أخرجاه. Ibn Umar said, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said, do not exaggerate with regards to words. With regards to words, like what? Saying that you are the, the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم, you're the, you're, the, you're, the, you're, the, you're the cure to my illness. You're the this to that. You're the, all of these words, words of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi He said, "La tutruni." Alitra is a taqarur fil kalam. Aslan, a taqarur fil kalam. What does that mean? It is to use extreme words, not extreme words. To use hard words. You know, some people they try to use hard words. Mali araka takakata kama kak. These kind of words. Why do I see you? The Arabs. Some of the people they use this is called a taqarur fil kalam. As opposed to fusha. As opposed to eloquent Arabic. When a person tries hard to use hard words to even say or to, uh, to, 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 to say or to understand. They, 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 they give a line of poetry and they said, He's trying to use words that's not understandable. It's hard to, to show off. 
The Prophet that's where it comes from That's where it comes from But what it means is Do not go overboard with regards to words Don't try to use words that are Not befitting for the Prophet Saying he's the, he's, the, he's the light to my eyes And he's the cure of my, of my, of my body These kind of things All of these things right don't do that like the, 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 the Christians they done to Ibn Maryam Jesus, Isa ibn Maryam He says I am only a slave say to me I am the slave of Allah and the messenger of Allah Do you understand that point? Because going overboard in words Leads to going overboard in actions The Prophet said Be careful of الغلو, of going overboard Because the only thing that destroyed those people before you is الغلو, Going to extreme Sorry if I'm, ta- uh, I'm, ta- I'm sh- spending time It might be our last lesson So I want to take as much time as we can وَلِمُسْلِمِ عَنْ بِنْ مَسْعُودٍ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ أَنَّ رَسُولَ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَّمُ Muslim narrated the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم He said هَلَكَ الْمُتَنَطِّعُونَ قَالَهَا ثَلَاثًا Destroyed are those Who are الْمُتَنَطِّعُونَ Al-Mutanatta'oon again Are those people who go overboard in words Those people who go overboard in words um, Al-Itra is not overboard in words I made a mistake It is uh, in praise In praise And Al-Mutanatta'oon is in words as well And it's similar, it's very similar So it's not really, it's, it's very similar Halak Al-Mutanatta'oon Destroys are those who go overboard in praise No. Go, go overboard in, in their words They're destroyed The Prophet said He said it three times Notice here how he said it three times In order to emphasize it That those people who go overboard in, When it comes to words They are destroyed Because it leads to الشرك بالله عز وجل فيه مسائل The مسائل of this chapter are many He says الأولى أن من فهم هذا الباب وبابين بعده تبين له غربة الإسلام Whoever understands this chapter and understands the next two chapters he would see how strange an Islam has been amongst the people ورأى أن من قدرة الله وتقليبه للقلوب العجب And you find how, how shocking it is how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he changes the hearts يعني a person can clearly see this ahadith he sees the ayat in the Quran and he still does يعني still does the shirk in terms of his words الثانية معرفة أول الشرك حدث في الأرض أنه بشبهة الصالحين the first type of shirk that happened on the earth is because of the right is because of the people going overboard with the righteous people معرفة أن أو معرفة أول شيء غير به دين الأنبياء وما سبب ذلك the first thing that the prophets religions they were changed on the reason for that مع معرفة أن الله أرسلهم and even though Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who sent these prophets yani the, the religions of the prophets they were changed through uh, Going overboard with regards to the righteous people That people they accept bid'ah Even though the, the sharia And the fitra The natural human inclination It doesn't like it But some people they accept it Because of the fact that it is lead, it's led on and It doesn't happen at the beginning at the beginning something small And it goes bigger and bigger Until it becomes shirk The reason for this Is Quoting the truth with falsehood How do they quote, quote the truth with falsehood When it comes to this They claim to love the righteous people That's true right But what falsehood do they bring 
الثاني فعل أناس من أهل العلم والدين شيئا أرادوا به خيرا فظن من بعدهم أنهم أرادوا به غيره لا the first thing is they the righteous people they love the righteous people what do they say today if you don't worship the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم they say you are someone who hate the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم right and that's the, and that's the truth we love the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم so they say why don't you worship him that's the truth with falsehood the truth is we love the Prophet that doesn't mean we do things that are not allowed and the people of religion they done something good by building by, sorry, by trying to remember the righteous people and so the people who came after generations after they built upon these graves and they worshipped them besides Allah جبلة الآدمي في كون الحق ينقض في قلبه والباطل والباطل يزيد. is that the natural way of the human being is that ينقص is that the truth it becomes when the truth becomes less in his heart the falsehood becomes more. ثامن أن فيه شاهدا لما نقل عن السلف أن البدعة سبب الكفر. in it there is a شاهد a witness for what the salaf some of the salaf they used to say that bid'ah it is a reason for kufr. They started off with a bid'ah and they went into kufr. التاسعة معرفة الشيطان بما تؤول إليه البدعة. Shaytan knows what are the end goals of bid'ah. What does the end end up in? ولو حسنا قصد الفاعل even if the intention is good, even if your intention is good, the bid'ah ends up in evil. That's why the salaf they will be very careful with bid'ah even if it's something that might be considered to be small. التاسعة معرفة الشيء العاشرة معرفة القاعدة الكلية وهي النهي عن الغلو ومعرفة ما يؤول إليه. That the general principle is that we have been prohibited from going overboard. And we know the end goal, the end result of going overboard and being extreme in words. Number 11 is The evil of going to the graves to do a good deed. He's going to the graves to do a good deed. That's something that can end up into in evil. It, evil, it is evil itself and it ends up in things that are even worse. الثانية عشرة نمبر 12 is معرفة النهي عن التماثيل والحكمة في إزالتها we understand now the reason why statues were prohibited and the reason why they have been commanded to we have been commanded to destroy them الثالثة عشرة نمبر 13 is معرفة عظم شأن هذه القصة وشدة الحاجة إليها مع الغفلة عنها is that we need we see معرفة عظم شأن هذه القصة how important this story is and how much we need to know and understand the story because it is the reason why people fall into shirk today. The same way that they fell into shirk today is the same way that they fell into shirk before. number 14 is is that these people who do shirk today, they read the story in their books of tafsir al-hadith. This, this, this hadith, and this story is in the books of tafsir. It's not a story that is not known. It's, it's present. Not only is it in the Salafi Tafsir books It's not in It's in the Early Tafsir books Everyone reads Right So it's not just the Wahhabi Tafsir books It's not It's there from the beginning Ibn Jirid Tabri was not Wahhabi Abu Hatim al-Razi Was not Wahhabi Right But those These stories are there Wal-Ajab al-Ujab Is that They read it Wa-ma'rifatuhum Bima'na al-Kalam And they understand the speech وَكَوْنُ اللَّهِ حَالَ بَيْنَهُمْ وَبَيْنَ قُلُوبِهِمْ But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blocked their hearts. هَتَّى اَعْتَقَدُوا أَنَّ فِعْلَ قَوْمِ أَنَّ فِعْلَ قَوْمِ نُوحٍ هُوَ أَفْضَلُ الْعِبَادَاتِ To the point that they believe that doing what the people of Nuh, what they done, is the best act of worship. وَاَعْتَقَدُوا أَنَّ مَا نَهَى اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ عَنْهُ وَالْكُفْرُ الْمُبِيحُ لِلْدَّمِ وَالْمَالِ And they believe 
that what the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and what Allah subhanahu wa taala prohibited is kufr, saying it's, it's jafa. You don't go worship the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. You're a kafir. Al mubih al dami wal mal to the point that they allow some some of them they say that your your blood and your wealth is halal. Al khamisat ashra al tasrih anhum lam yuridu illa shafaa that clearly what they intended was what shafaa intercession. سادسة عشرة ظنهم أن العلماء الذين صوروا الصور أرادوا ذلك. is that the people the came generations after when they saw that the scholar the people who made these statues they thought that they read they made these statues in order for them to be worshipped besides Allah. سابعة عشرة نمبر سبعتين is البيان العظيم في قوله لا تطرني كما أطرت النصارى ابن مريم do not praise me like the over praise me the way that the Christians they praised Ibn Maryam. فَصَلَوَاتُ اللَّهِ وَسَلَامُهُ عَلَيْهِ عَلَىٰ أَنْ بَلَّغَ الْبَلَاغَ الْمُبِينَ So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala send salah and salam on the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam because he clearly sent this message. There's no, there's, no, there's no excuse for these people who are now worshipping things besides Allah. He told us that those people who go overboard in speech are destroyed. Is that they were, the time that they were worshipped was when? When knowledge was forgotten, when knowledge was forgotten, ففيها بيان معرفة قدر وجوده ومضارة فقده. And in it, therefore, we see how hard, how bad, and how evil it is for knowledge not to be present, and how good it is for knowledge to be present amongst a group of people. When people are amongst ignorance, then evil they are led to evil, and when people are amongst knowledge, then they are led to good. أن سبب فقد العلم موت العلماء. The reason why knowledge is forgotten is what the death of the scholars. Allahu al-musta'an. Should we take the next one? Should we take it? Yeah, it's okay. Bab ma jaa fi al-taghlidu. Anam, what is it? Anam. Babu. ما جاء من التغليظ في من عبد الله عند قبر رجل صالح فكيف إذا عبده. This is this chapter is talking about how we have been prohibited to worship Allah, worship Allah at the grave of a righteous person. So not only have we been prohibited to worship the righteous person, but we've also been prohibited to worship Allah at the grave of a righteous person. What does, how does that mean? A person goes. To the grave of the Prophet and he try he worships Allah at that grave because he believes that that grave is a is a good place. Therefore, worshiping Allah in this place is better. So, worshiping Allah at the grave of a righteous person is prohibited. So, what do you think about worshiping Allah? I mean, worshiping the person in the grave? It's even worse, right? No. Sorry. Worshipping Allah Making dua a grave For yourself Make dua for who? For yourself at the great righteous grave of the righteous person I'm just, you said uh, worshiping Allah. I'm saying, like, does that count as well? It depends. Okay. It depends. So, do you, if you mean making dua for yourself at the grave of a righteous person, that's pro- that's what's been prohibited here. Okay. Making dua for yourself, not just I'm not talking about salah here. Okay. We're talking about making dua for yourself as well at the grave of a righteous person because you believe that grave, 
That person, that, that, that grave is more blessed. You understand? No, no, no. Because, no, that's, that's Mushabahat al Kufar. It's because of the Im, Im, imitation of the non Muslims. This one is because of the the fact that it leads to shirk. No. One, two, three, that's it. Good question there. Is that really not for every, everyone? Uh, even if they're not righteous? Yeah, every kid. Every kid. Uh, what it means here is to intend to go to a grave just to worship Allah. To get closer to Allah. Not to visit the grave, make dua for the person in the grave, that's different. But we're talking about you go to a grave of anyone and to worship Allah there because you believe that place is a righteous person's place. Therefore, worshiping Allah there will be, will be better for me. And generally, you only go to a, a righteous person's grave, right? But yeah, it means everyone. But the reason why it says a righteous person because that's, that's what generally you go to, right? You won't go to a person that's not righteous grave. Now, this question? Okay. Well, I'm praying in Janazah and I'm Yes, okay. Let's pray in Janazah for the version of the grave. That's okay. That's a lot. وفي الصحيح عن عائشة رضي الله عنها عائشة رضي الله عنها نريتد أن أم سلمة تذكرت لرسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم كنيسة رأتها بأرض الحبشة that أم سلمة she mentioned to the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم a church that she saw in the Ard al-Habasha you know when the companions of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم at the early stage of Mecca they done hijrah and they moved to al-Habasha when they moved to al-Habasha they're Christians the Christian land so they would see churches. So she described this church to the Prophet ﷺ. Some narrations, it was a huge church named Maria. Named Maria, the church. So it's named. وَمَا فِيهَا مِنَ الصور. And she mentioned how many pictures and all of these things they had and, and statues and stuff like that. فَقَالَ The Prophet ﷺ said about this church. أُولَٰئِكِ إِذَا مَاتَ فِيهِمُ الرَّجُلُ الصَّالِحِ Those people, when a righteous man died, would die. أَوْ الْعَبْدُ الصَّالِحِ Or a righteous slave. He would die. They will build a place of worship at his grave. So he will die and they will build a masjid. Or a masjid here, what does it mean? It means a place of grave, a place of worship, sorry. Because a masjid is not only a mosque, as we say. A masjid is anywhere where Allah is worshipped. Anywhere of any place of worship is called a masjid in the Arabic language. And the Prophet said, The earth was made a masjid for me because we can pray anywhere on the earth. So everywhere is a masjid. So what they will do is they will build a masjid, a place of worship over the grave of that righteous person. Why? So they can worship inside that masjid. And they will, then they will make these pictures and these statues. The Prophet said, These are the worst of creation in front of Allah. Who are they? What did they used to do? Did they used, is he mentioned here they used to worship the person inside the grave? No. They would have the grave inside the masjid and they would worship Allah inside that masjid. And that's what we see today Muslims do, right? You don't see it. If, if you go around the Muslim lands, you might not see it here in the UK because it's illegal. But if you go around the Muslim lands, you see that this is very, very common. In most Muslim lands, not all of them. In most Muslim lands, this is something that's very common. That they will build a masjid and inside the masjid there's a grave. And they're not worshipping that grave necessarily. Some people might be. But they are just worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inside that grave. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said about those people, شِرَارُ الْخَلْقِ عِنْدَ اللَّهِ These are the worst of creation in front of Allah. And that's what that's prohibited. فَهَؤُلَاءِ جَمَعُوا بَيْنَ الْفِتْنَتَيْنِ These people, they, they, they combine two fitness. Fitnatu al-qubur, the fitna of the graves. They used to worship the graves or worship Allah with the graves. وَفِتْنَةُ التَّمَاثِيلِ And they also used to build statues. وَلَهُمَا مِنْ بُخَارِ 
قالت عائشة رضي الله عنها said لما نزل برسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم when the prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the angel of death was coming to him and taking his soul طفق يطرح خميصة له على وجهه he would he would do he would uh, start to put a cloth on his face فإذا اغتم بها كشفها and when it would be too hot he would uncover it فقال أن he would say وهو كذلك in that situation at the time of death he would say لَعْنَةُ اللَّهِ عَنِ الْيَهُودِ وَالنَّصَارَى اتَّخَذُوا قُبُورَ أَنْبِيَائِهِمْ مَسَاجِدِ May the curse of Allah be upon the Jews and the Christians. They took the, the graves of their prophets as masajid, as places to worship. So there's a curse of Allah. يُحَذِّرُ مَا صَنَعُوا He is warning from what they've done. وَلَوْلَا ذَلِكَ If it wasn't for that, لَأُبْرِزَ قَبْرُهُ The Prophet Wasallam's grave would have been built up. If it wasn't for the fact that he said this and he prohibited for, for us from it, his grave would have been built up. غير أنه خشي يتخذ مسجدا except that they fear that his grave will be made into a masjid. طيب question is the grave of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم in the masjid today? We say we have to understand this. We have to tell you a story, which is that <laughs> story is that how did the masjid and Nabawi how did it, how did it come about? At the time of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم the masjid of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam, there's videos online. By the way, you can you can check out the story of how the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam is. You find the way it was that the house here's, here's the message. There's the message of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Okay, you can't see my phone, but it's okay. The, the, the message of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam at his time when he was alive, and he would have next to the masjid on the eastern side of the masjid, he would have his houses, his wives' houses, and. If you want paper to draw it, okay. there's a video actually you should watch it. Okay, put it on YouTube. Oh, no. But it's okay. But then maybe I'll send it out or something. So the 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 graves of the the wives of the Prophet ﷺ, their houses will be connected to the eastern side of the masjid, right? Okay. So you have his masjid. I'll I'll, I'll show you guys in a minute. So you have his masjid here, huh? You have his masjid of the Prophet wasallam. What happened was his wife is the wives, the houses were here. So this is Aisha's house, a house, a house, a house, a house, they're all connected. But the one that's connected directly here to the masjid is what? The house of Aisha radiallahu anha. The house of Aisha is where the Prophet ﷺ died. Right? The wife of Aisha is where the Prophet ﷺ died. In the hadith we know the Prophet ﷺ, he said, and the prophets, they are buried wherever they die. So if it wasn't for that, he would have been buried in Baqir, which is here, huh? Far away, it's here, Baqir. But instead he was buried in his, in his house there. Was that part of the masjid? No. Was the masjid there before uh, the house was there? It was there, right? So what happened now? Time goes on, the masjid is being expanded. As the masjid is being expanded, the southern side is expanded, the western side is expanded, the northern side is expanded, all of it is expanded. Notice here how the Sahaba and the early generations they never expanded this side because they knew the grave of the Prophet ﷺ is there. They never exp- expanded this side. They never expanded it. Okay? And every time it's expanded, they expanded like that. What happened after that? The houses of the wife of the Prophet ﷺ at the time of Umar ibn Abdul Aziz was broken down. All the houses of the Prophet ﷺ broken down except for who? The house of Aisha radiallahu anha. These houses are all broken down and the masjid is expanded at the time of Abdul Malik ibn Marwan. Umar ibn Abdul Aziz was the leader of Medina. But it was under the Khilafah of Abdul Malik ibn Marwan. 
and it was exp- expanded from all, all different angles and expanded and expanded. This side was never expanded, and in fact, the grave of the Prophet sallallahu from his from his side, the only the only place that was expanded was behind. So behind, so the from the um, no 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 that's the west, south the south huh? So the north the north was expanded, the, the east was never expanded, east was never expanded. It's always been like that, okay, and. Then the grave of the Prophet ﷺ was covered and covered, it was covered in a, at the time of Umar ibn Abdulaziz in a pentagon kind of shape, like that. They didn't make it into a cube, why? They didn't want to make it like the Kaaba. They didn't want to make it look like the Kaaba. So they made it into a pentagon kind of shape. Later on, generations after generations, what happened? When, when shirk became present in the Ummah, the Ottomans, what did they do? They build outside of the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. Why? So the people can do tawaf around the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. That's what they used to do. This is how the shirk was pre- prevalent at the time of the Shirk Muhammad Wahab. They, this is 1000, this is what? When the year 1200, literally 200 years ago. Not long ago, 200-300 years ago. The Ottomans, they expanded that side of the masjid so the people can do tawaf around the masjid. طيب, around the, the grave of the Prophet ﷺ. طيب, if we have, for example, this masjid, we have a masjid and inside the masjid is surrounded by the, the, there's a toilet inside the masjid like there on that side of the toilet there's a masjid right on this side of the toilet is masjid is the toilet considered part of the masjid no it's not same thing the grave this side is masjid this side is masjid and this side is masjid this side is masjid but the actual grave that is, is what it is the house of the prophet sallallahu and it is not considered part of the masjid just like if you had, for example, the, way, the best way to explain it would be, I've got a piece of earth. I've got a piece of earth on the left, on the right, on top and below. That, that piece of earth in the middle is not mine. Do we say that that piece of earth is part of my earth, part of my land? It's not, right? Just like that. The masjid, it surrounds the grave, but it's not part of the grave. Because we say that the grave of the Prophet wasallam was there... After, before the masjid was built around it, the new extension. So therefore, it doesn't take the ruling. As for if the masjid was there first, then the grave was inserted into it, then that would be, that would be what is considered now the the grave is inside the masjid. Okay, is that clear? Is that clear? Yeah. See, uh, the righteous young guys and the people who build a masjid. How is that different from this? Exactly, it's not allowed. This 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 building of the grave of the Prophet وسلم, then and then it wasn't necessarily allowed. Is that the masjid was not allowed to be built upon it. It wasn't allowed to do that. And they weren't allowed to do that. But it doesn't take the same ruling as being a grave inside the masjid. They weren't allowed to do it, you're not allowed to do this. Even the grave of the Prophet وسلم, is an exception. Yeah, and right now if someone has a masjid now, we have a masjid right now, and then we put a grave on it. Or, we have a grave, and then we build a masjid upon it. We would have to either destroy the masjid, or destroy the grave. Today, even today. Yeah, and which one, take, which one do we do first? Which one do we do? Whichever one was there first. If the grave was there first, and then the masjid was built upon, we have to destroy the masjid. And, if the masjid is there first, and then the grave was put in, then we have to take out the grave, and remove the body from the grave. Both of it is not allowed. Is that clear? Is that clear? 
As for the grave of the Prophet wasallam, then they say that it was built around it. It wasn't built because of the actual house. And even the, how was the Ashab al-Kahf? How was the, 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 the grave, was it built upon it? We don't know. It was, it's, not, it's not necessarily the same thing. So, the point is that this grave inside, this grave is not part of the masjid. It's surrounded by the masjid, we say. Is that clear? Yeah. So does it also apply to because um, it's a house, so it's only a grave. It's the house for Aisha, because the house is for Aisha. Yeah, it's not just a grave. It's a house. So it's a grave that's surrounded by a house. Yeah. So the house of Aisha is not part of the masjid as well. So the house of Aisha is not part of the masjid. So it's the grave, and around it is the house, and then around that is the masjid. So all of that is not part of not part of the masjid. But necessarily, no, you know. Quickly, one two. It's still there, still there, still there. But there was a period of time when the Saudis took over. They prohibited anyone from praying there. They prohibited anyone from praying on that side until the 90s, in fact, literally until 23 years ago. But Allah Alam recently was allowed for people to pray there. Until the 90s it was prohibited. Hmm. Uh, so what is the Rawda? Like, where is that? Rawda is part of the masjid. It was part of the original masjid. Okay. It was the original masjid of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. That's where he used to pray. But his house was like, look, remember when we said, uh, this drawing is gone. <laughs> the house of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Here's the masjid, right? Yeah. Here's the house of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is where he's buried now. This is the Rawda. This is part of the original masjid. Do you understand? Yeah, and the member is here, member is here, and this is the roda, and then the rest of the masjid is here and here and here, which is not part of the roda. Is that clear? طيب. Wali Muslim and Jindub, listen guys. Wali Muslim and Jindub, رضي الله عنه قال سمعت النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم قبل أن يموت بخمس وهو يقول the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم I heard him say before he died by five days. وهو يقول إني أبرأ إلى الله أن يكون لي منكم خليل I am free from Allah that I have a khalil from amongst you a khalil is the highest level of love of as a friend and that is only befitting for one or for a human being it's only befitting for one person that you have a khalil and the Prophet وسلم, khalil was who? was Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the Prophet وسلم, said فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ اتَّخَلْ فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ قَدْ اتَّخَذَنِي خَلِيلًا Allah has taken me as a khalil كَمَا اتَّخَذَ إِبْرَاهِيمَ خَلِيلًا Like he has taken Ibrahim as a khalil وَلَوْ كُنْتُ مُتَّخِذًا مِنْ أُمَّتِي خَلِيلًا And if I was to take an um, from my ummah a khalil, a close friend لَاتَّخَذْتُ أَبَا بَكْرٍ خَلِيلًا I would have taken Abu Bakr as a khalil Then he said أَلَا وَإِنَّ مَنْ كَانَ قَبْلَكُمْ Those people before they used to take the graves of their prophets as masajid. Then he said, Do not take the graves of place of worship. And because I prohibited you from doing such a thing. So again, the graves are not allowed to be, allowed to be taken as a place of worship. He prohibited such a thing at the end of his life. Then the Prophet وسلم, cursed the one who done such a thing. Take, I mean, in taking the grave as a masjid. And praying at a grave is part of that. Even if it's not built upon a masjid. A person goes and prays next to a grave, that comes under this because even if it's not built. Why? Because anywhere you pray is called a masjid, right? And this is what? 
the uh, Aisha radiallahu anha meant when she said that we feared that it will be taken as a masjid, meaning the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. We feared it will be taken as a masjid. فَإِنَّ الصَّحَابَةَ لَمْ يَكُونُوا لِيَبْنُوا حَوْلَ قَبْرِهِ مَسْجِدًا Because the Sahaba they would never take a, a masjid next to the grave of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. وَكُلُّ مَوْضِعٍ قُصِدَتِ الصَّلَاةُ فِيهِ فَقَدْ تُخِذَ مَسْجِدًا Every place that has been that you intend to pray in, then it has been taken as a masjid. That's defining a masjid, right? Anywhere that you pray in. بَلْ كُلُّ مَوْضِعٍ يُصَلَّى فِيهِ يُسَمَّى مَسْجِدًا Every single place that you pray is considered a masjid. كَمَا قَالَ النَّبِيُّ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ The Prophet صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَّمَ said جُعِلَتْ لِيَ الْأَرْضُ مَسْجِدًا وَطَهُورًا The earth was made for me a masjid. Meaning, you can pray anywhere on the earth. So the point is here, that a masjid is anywhere that is prayed. A masjid is anywhere that you can pray. Therefore, what does it mean to take a grave as a masjid? To? To pray at the grave. So, praying, anywhere that you can pray is called what? A masjid. What does it mean to take a grave as a masjid? To pray at the grave. Is that clear? No. It's not a masjid in terms of fiqh rulings. Okay, then safe versus safe. In, in the church, there's a, there's a grave, then you can't pray there. You're not allowed to pray there. You're not allowed to pray in a place where there's a grave. Yeah. So what's the ruling on the salah that people pray outside the grave in the deen? As a salah. They pray outside. Isn't If you pray inside, you can't get to the grave of the Prophet today. Like a gate, like a thing, and then it's like, who's the grave? Not the grave, but salah. Before you get inside of where? Yeah. In front of the grave. Yeah, Is it part of the masjid where people actually pray today? Is it the place where the security guard stands talking about? No, all of that is considered is not considered part of the grave. The only place which will be prohibited to pray is if you go inside, which you can't. To go inside and pray at that grave. That's why it will be prohibited. Just then. So that, all of that, and anything around that is part of the masjid. Because the grave is covered. You can't get in there. That's why it's, it's not part of the masjid. It's inside the masjid. It's not, it's not inside the masjid, sorry. It's surrounded by the masjid. You understand? Quickly, yeah. Bye-bye. Sorry? Salat al janazah at the graveyard. That's allowed. That's different. That's allowed. That's praying for the dead person. That's specifically differently. But we're talking about praying at <coughs> praying at the grave, intending intending to go to the grave in order to pray uh, the salat for the for Allah subhanahu wa taala. As for janazah, it's an exception. It's different. It's allowed. Does intention it depends. The salah is prohibited in the graveyard. Generally. Regardless. Because the Prophet said, the earth has been made for me a masjid except for Illa al-Hammam wal maqbara Except for the Hammam and the maqbara the graveyard. Hammam is what? It's the. No, it's the. It's like a sauna. Where they have a sauna. Al-Hammam. It's not what they consider to be a Hammam today in Arabic. Hammam at that time is considered like a sauna. They were a public bath. That, those two places have been prohibited for us to pray in. And also another hadith, the, the, the places where the camels, they, 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 they stay.
guys. In the place where the camels they stay. The point is that the graves they've been prohibited. Jenazah is, is an exception. It's different. Yeah. Pray to give salam. No, no, that's not allowed. That's not from the Sunnah. So, for to pray to give salam, how does that happen? Salam alaikum, Rasulullah is different. Allowed. Salam alaikum, Rasulullah. People pray two rakats. You said that. You said that. Yeah, I went there. Oh man! This <laughs> should have came faster, Amma. I'm joking. I'm joking. Then he says, "Not allowed. No, no. Pray like that's not allowed." Wali Ahmed bi sanadin jayidin. Imam Ahmed narrated the sanad that is jayid. What's jayid? Good. What's it? It's a classification. We have Hassan, we have Sahih, we have Da'if, we have Mawdu, we have Salisad, we have this. What's Jayid? Jayid is a new. Di- huh? Top class, no, no. Jayid is between Hassan and Sahih. It's the istilah that was given by you as Suyuti. Suyuti gave a, a, new, a new classification, which is the classification between Hassan and Sahih. It's called Jayid. Wali Ahmed bi Sanadin Jayidin, which is authentic. Al ibn Ibn Sa'ud radiallahu anhu, listen guys. Marfu'an. إن من شرار الناس من تدركهم الساعة وهم أحياء والذين يتخذون القبور مساجد رواه أبو حاتم في صحيحه The worst of creation, the worst of the human beings are those who are alive when the day of judgment happens Why? Because before the day of judgment happens Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will send a wind that will take the soul of every believer and no one will be left except for the worst of the creation of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Why would they be the worst of creation? Number one, there will be no one left in the dunya saying Allah, there will be no one left in the dunya saying La ilaha illallah. There will be no tawheed on the earth. And number two is that there will be no one left on the earth saying Allah, Allah, fear Allah, fear Allah. There will be no one on the earth left commanding the good, forbidding the evil, and there will be no one left as a Muslim calling to tawheed or acting by tawheed. Until the Prophet said that they will be committing zina on the streets. So these are the worst of creation in front of Allah. And the second group of people who are the worst of creation in front of Allah are those who take the graves as masajid. Those who take the graves as masajid. And subhanAllah, a person, when they go and see the lands of the Muslims, how it is. If you go, just go to Cairo, go to Egypt, go see how they eat, how the graves are. You have masajid every, if you go to the old place, they have these masajid inside of it, there's graves. Worshipping either worshiping others, they were either worshiping other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or trying to worship Allah with those graves. And these are from the worst of actions that a person can do. Rawah Abu Hatim fi Sahihihi is narrated by Abu Hatim. Fihi Masail, let's take the Masail, inshallah, quickly and we finish. Al Ula ma dhakar al Rasulu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam fi man bana masjid, fi man bana masjidan yu'badu lahu fihi ala qabri rajin salih, walo sahat niyatul fa'il. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam prohibited us from building a masjid on a grave of the righteous person even if your intention is correct you want to worship Allah because you want to remind yourself of Allah all of this is not allowed why though? why? because it leads to shirk the prohibition of statues and how evil that is how the Prophet وسلم, he emphasized this affair كيف بين لهم هذا أولا ثم قبل موته بخمس قال ما قال. That he clarified this to them before. Then when he was about to die, he clarified it to them again. 
Then he was even when he was he was being his soul was being taken out. He still did not what? Say okay, I've already, I already told the message enough times. He carried on saying even when his soul is being taken out of his body, he carried on calling to this Tawheed. He prohibited it before even the grave was even present. This is from the ways of the Jews and the Christians to build masajid on graves. They have been cursed for doing so. The Prophet he prohibited us from making his grave into such a thing. And he made dua. Prophet the Prophet وسلم, he made dua and he said, Allahumma la taj'al qabri wathanan yu'bad. Oh Allah, do not make my grave a wathan which is worshipped besides Allah. So what happened? At the time of Umar Abu Aziz, when, that, when, that, when those walls were, were built, that when the walls were built around the grave of the Prophet وسلم, to the point that no one's able to get to the grave of the Prophet وسلم, today. So therefore you can't worship the grave. So when a person is now going to the Prophet وسلم, masjid and he's making dua to the Prophet وسلم, he's not worshipping the Prophet وسلم, he's worshipping Whoever's in his heart He thinks he's worshipping the Prophet But he's not even near it You can't To worship the, 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 the grave of the Prophet You have to get near it These people they can't even Get near it Therefore you can't be worshipping But it's still considered shirk Why? Because of what? He's intending in his heart mm. Say for example I've got like an opportunity To go into What am I allowed to do? You're allowed to say Assalamu alaikum Give him salam That's it that's it. And you know, as Ibn Umar radiallahu anhu, he would do that. He would go and say, Assalamu alaykum ya Rasulullah. And he was to give salam to Abu Bakr and give salam to Umar. But no, another thing which is interesting to know is how the grave of the Prophet sallallahu is today. His grave is not just a grave. At the time of the Prophet sallallahu it was a grave. And it was Aisha would live next door and she would have a curtain up, right? She would have a curtain up. No, I'm not going to put it She would have a curtain up. Then when Aisha radiallahu anha died, the grave was still there as a normal grave. You could see it. You just have to open it and you could see the grave. The, 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 the sand, the soil of the grave. Then it was built up by uh, Umar ibn Abdul Aziz. Then it was built up by the Khulafa until, it was, until the latest thing that we see today is it was built up walls. Like literally walls that no one could see on top. And in fact they say the last person to see the grave of the Prophet وسلم, was a man who uh, was sent inside the grave when the Masjid al-Nabi burnt down 500 years after Hijrah yani 1000, almost, almost 1000 years ago 900 years ago the, the Masjid burnt down and he was able to go inside at the actual grave and he had to clean it up because the, it collapsed onto the grave of the Prophet but after that no one's seen it it's covered from all angles and the last thing that was built to cover even more three walls were built the first one by Amr al-Aziz and the last I can't remember who built the second one and the last one was built by the Mamalik and they have hard names to say I can't really say it They have hard names to say I can't remember it So and this is what we see You know that green, that green gate that you see That was built by the Mamalik At the time of um, 900, 900-800 years after Hijrah يعني, 700 years ago That was the last thing that was, that was built And that green gate is what you see So the graves And that's why Ibn Qayyim said Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala covered the Prophet وسلم, With three walls And so you can't even get close to the grave of the Prophet Today So he prohibited that from The Prophet Didn't want his grave to become a masjid 
The reason why his grave was not made open up, it was not made big. Why? So no one worships it. What does it mean to take a grave as a masjid? العاشرة أنه قرن بين اتخاذ بين من اتخذها وبين من تقوم عليهم الساعة فذكر الذريعة إلى الشرك قبل وقوعه مع خاتمته. They he compared those people who worship or who build masjid on graves to those people who are going to be there when the day of judgment occurs. Why? Because the ignorance of those people when there is no one saying لا إله إلا الله. Because of their ignorance, they are going to be the same ones who are going to be worshipping graves on that day. The fact that he mentioned this in his, in his khutbah, before five days before he died. And this is a refutation of the two worst groups of innovation. Rather some of the Salaf They removed these two groups From the 72, 72 sects of Islam They are non-Muslims According to some Salaf They were the first group of people to Build upon graves, masajid. And then the people of Tasawwuf, Sufiya, they took this from the Shia. They were the first people who, took, who started doing this. Athaniya, and in fact, you know the early Ashairah, they would never do this. It's not something that the early Ashairah would do. Al Imam Abu al Hassan al Ashari and on those generations, even even Abu al Ma'ali al Juwaini and Fakhr al Razi, they would be Ashairah and they would not, they, but the they, 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 they innovation would not go to the grave. The, 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 Level of worshipping graves. But it leads, the innovation did lead to it though. No. The Jahmiyyah, the innovation was. Um, in this sense. Oh, in this sense. Yeah. But there is. Yeah. 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 And the Asha'ira, the tafsir of, of La ilaha illallah was different. They explained La ilaha illallah in a different way. And that, was, that is what led to shirk. Because when they say La ilaha illallah, it doesn't mean there's nothing worthy of worship except for Allah. That leads to say that you can worship someone other than Allah as long as you don't believe in Him. So they would say La ilaha illallah means there is no one that is La, 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 yughni, la yughni amma siwahu. That there is no one, they would believe that La ilaha illallah means that there is no one who is not in need of anyone except for Allah. There is no one who is not in need of anyone except for Allah. That's what they'll say it means. Even though it's true. But that's not what la ilaha illallah means. So when they explained it as that, they took off the ibadah. And so when people worship other than Allah, it's because they're misunderstanding of la ilaha illallah. Thaniyat Ashrah, ma bulia bihi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in shiddatil nazi. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he had hardship at the time of death. He was honored by being the friend of Allah. That it is al Khalil al Khulla is is higher than Mahabba. So is it better to say Habibullah or Khalilullah? Khalilullah. And the people today what they say who claim to love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, what they say? Habibullah. Right? Or they say Ibrahim is the Khalil of Allah and Muhammad is the Habib of Allah. لا. That is not giving him his right. Rather the Rather, he is the 
What's that noise? Rather, he is the Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Al-Khamis al-Ta'ashra al-Tasrihu. I think this is the problem with having long lessons. People start getting distracted. Okay. This is a sign that he was going to be the Khalifa after him. Wallahu a'lam wa sallallahu ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Walhamdulillahi